This is the Selling Plugins Podcast, helping you get the most out of your WordPress plugin business. Find out more at sellingplugins.com forward slash podcast. And now on to the episode. <laughs> What's up, everyone? We are we are now live. Uh, yes, uh, if someone in the chat could let us know if they can hear and see us. Ideally, just hear us. Seeing might be a little scary on a day like today. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. So uh, for those who don't know me, I am Brian Hogg, and myself and Kyle are hosting this lovely podcast about uh, keeping your customers churn, digital churn, uh, for or churn for digital products um, as, as being the technical term. So um, I guess for those who don't know you, Kyle, maybe a quick little intro and we'll Thanks, Brian. Yes, I'm Kyle. I've been co-hosting this webinar with Brian since we started doing our first one was almost a year ago. Wasn't it last November? I think, Brian? I think so. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it's been fun. We love talking about selling WordPress plugins. That's what we do. It's our thing, man. Uh, I work for a company called Sandhills Development. We have a few popular WordPress plugin products, including easy digital downloads, which is the one that I work on most frequently. And uh, I'm really excited to be here talking about churn with our good uh, friend, Matt Goldman. Hey, man. hey guys, uh, Matt, do you want to introduce yourself uh, quick? <laughs> sure. Um, I work uh, f- at a company called Churnbuster. We bust churn. We uh, we actually bought the company from solo founder Andrew Culver about three years ago. I think today um, the it started off with recovering uh, customers after their payment fails on Stripe. At the time, we were running an analytics product called Hookfeed. And we had a hard time finding product market fit. Uh, Customers would each use the product in their own unique way. And what we admired about what Andrew had built was that there was one use case. And whereas we could just alert customers of failed payments, he would actually do something about it. So uh, we ended up buying it from him. We've been building the team since. We're now at um, six six teammates. Uh, This year, we expanded beyond Stripe to Braintree. We have a custom API, so you can integrate with pretty much any payment processor, and we're just looking to go further than anyone else with failed payments. Um, so most people set up something basic when they're trying to recover failed payments. Uh, we see a lot of problems with that that we can get into, and we're building the product to do it better. Nice. And is PayPal a thing that's going to be coming, or I guess if someone wants to do that via the API? Someday. <laughs> I, I think there's limitations there, there's not even a, a way to update cards on paypal most of the people right. i think have to link to instructions of the click path that you go through paypal to, to even do it so um i know the newer paypal tools are better but a lot of people are on legacy so uh, yeah. when we can solve it we will but we're not in a huge rush to <laughs> paypal's the, the thing you love to hate but <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's, uh, it's not going anywhere <laughs> Cool. And uh, for those who know me, uh, Brian Hogg, I've got a couple of plugins, uh, free and pro that I sell, plus a course called Selling Plugins, which you can check out at sellingplugins.com. But uh, yeah, we like to do these webinars to give as much info as we can. So this, uh, so churn, I did a sort of half-baked job uh, trying to describe what churn was. But yeah, I don't know if you could define churn, just so uh, we can kind of structure what we want to chat about today. Yeah. So churn is when you have an automatic subscription monthly, yearly, weekly, and someone cancels and it breaks down into either they knew they were going to cancel and they asked for it or they didn't know uh, most commonly due to a a failed charge. 
Cool. And that could include uh, like churn is in, you know, maybe it's not an automatic subscription, but they needed to renew, you know, because it was going to expire. They didn't have a card on file, but yeah, they just dropped off because they didn't, they didn't renew. So mm-hmm. cool. Um, good stuff. So yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today to try and keep the customers longer. Cause what is it, Kyle? I think you said it in the, the email that I then stole and sent to my list uh, five times is expensive <laughs> uh, to get a new customer as it is to maintain an existing one. Um, so yeah, sure. obviously if you can keep, uh, keep your existing customers way better. Um, so yeah, I think we've, oh, yeah. we've got six questions now. So I think we'll just jump, uh, jump right in and then see where the discussion goes and go from there. So the first question is from, uh, Katie who asks, uh, what extra steps, uh, can, you know, plugging companies take to convince customers, uh, of the ongoing value you're providing that makes it worth their while to renew. So in addition to ongoing support and plugin updates, which are kind of the, the main stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know if someone wants to jump in uh, to that one. What are, what are steps, I guess, before the failed payment or before the renewal time hits, whether it's uh, probably usually yearly for, for plugin customers versus monthly on a SaaS. Um, yeah, what are the steps that we can do to convince customers that we're worth it? <laughs> I can start off. There's a lot that goes into that. Yeah, Matt, go ahead. Um, uh, get started. The first thing that comes to mind is to make sure that they're actually using whatever you're offering. So if, um, you know, we see ranges in recovery that vary based on if you're selling to consumers or businesses, but there's usually a, a 30 plus percent range. Uh, let's say for B2B, maybe between 60 and 90% of how many of the customers you recover when they have a failed payment. So failed payments aside, there's some trigger that makes them reconsider if they want to stay a customer. And there's a pretty big variance company to company in how many customers choose to. Um, So, and the cause for that is mainly how loyal they are to you. If they start using the plugin, they they don't get fully set up or they don't use it on an ongoing basis, then it's inevitable that at some point they're going to cancel. Um, So onboarding is the first thing that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think another, like I'm, we're taking this in the context of WordPress plugins. Yeah. So I, that's what I'm thinking most about. And when I think about customers renewing at a high rate, they need to experience a loss or threat of loss of something when they stop paying. And this is not a, an area where we're strong in WordPress plugins. Like we're, we're like really weak in this, in, uh, in, in this specific area this is something that other businesses, especially SaaS companies, are really good at, where customer stops paying instantly, they completely lose access to what they were paying for. No longer able to use the tool. Uh, but with WordPress plugins, we sell distributed software. So what the customer cares the most about, they get immediately at checkout and they don't lose it if they stop paying. They lose other things which they may or may not value. Traditionally, they lose support, which most of us enforce uh, a little bit fuzzy, and they lose maybe automatic updates often. Um, but these these are things that a customer may not you know lose sleep over. I mean, you could you could uh, have it where they don't get access to the functionality. Like you could see, oh, the license expired, cut the functionality, but. 
I, I don't do that because <laughs> I, I really err on the side of like, I don't want a license key issue to like stop them using the plugin or show some message on their homepage or some terrible thing, right? That like you know, <laughs> that, that loses trust completely. So I just err on the side of like, nope, I'm losing it. But yeah, I guess you could technically cut it, but that doesn't seem to be the the case right. most robust plugins, right? We have the technical ability to do that, but it would be taboo yeah. in our industry to, to do something like, I don't think... Uh, and there's probably people out there who don't have any yeah. qualms with doing something yeah. like that. Everybody says it actually. You and I, a biggie. Uh, the, they, they will cut the back end access. So the front end, people can still subscribe. They can still access the site. They can do everything. But you as an admin can't administrate it anymore, uh, which I thought is a kind of a good way of, of you know, doing it. So it doesn't it doesn't affect the end user at all, uh, which is good, but it does obviously <laughs> destroy it for the for the admin. But yeah, most people don't do that <laughs> at all, which yeah. maybe we should. Why do you think that's the case for plugin companies uh, as opposed to to other subscriptions? If you're providing ongoing value, yeah, I mean for me, like my emails come out from the plugin functionality. So like if there's some issue with the license key, like I said, then you know messing up their emails that go out and not having, you know, the events included, that would be really bad. <laughs> so I don't want, I don't want <laughs> that to happen, you know, and, and have the plugin functionality, especially if they are paying customer. But I think it's just because they have access to the code and, um, you know, right. BPL. They savvy customers could get around these kinds of limits if they wanted to. And, but it, it's also just like, you know, this culture of the open source GPL license uh, community, you know, don't like encrypt your code. And, you know, it's all there for customers to use. And at the end of the day, what they're paying us for is the service of providing ongoing updates and support for these mm -hmm. uh, software tools. But that's that's a that's a weakness for us, admittedly, in our space in this conversation about WordPress plugins, people selling these open source distributed uh, software tools. Like w we have this weakness where customers who stop their subscriptions don't lose a lot, and I think it's an opportunity. I think for us to improve. All of us plugin sellers can do better. Some of, I have seen some people doing some creative things in this space. And I think there are a lot of ways for us to make that, that pain uh, more um, substantial when a customer like loses uh, access to something, they stop paying. We can get creative and like those of us who have maybe mm -hmm. private communities uh, for our customer base where you stop paying, you know, you lose access to our forum or our Slack group or our such and such community. Some people really appreciate that and for certain products. That community is ex like invaluable to the business. There, some, some plugin companies like us uh, have uh, integrated SaaS offerings that you know a customer who buys the, buys the plugin can like opt in for you know other other upsells that like connect to the remote uh connect to the to the business like you know data backups uh or migration tools email delivery spam moderation and and so on these kind of things are really handy and you you know when you stop paying you lose that feature immediately because that's right. that's like a SaaS. some people have like services that they provide their ongoing customers like translation or consulting site audits and code reviews and so on depends entirely on what your business is uh there can be private content that goes out to paying customers only like 
training videos and stuff. There could be tools like calculators and templates, PSD files and code examples and reports and libraries of photos and audio and all that like stuff that the customer loses access to when they stop paying. And these are the chief opportunities I think that most of us plugins companies can uh, take advantage of uh, if we want customers to like really continue re renewing at a higher right. rate. A lot of it probably depends on the plugin too, right? Like if it's one of those like import plugin or something, right? You use it and then you're not using it anymore. Kind of like what you said, Matt, at the beginning, right? If you're not using the product anymore, whereas if it's a plugin that's like saving you, I don't know, an hour or two or something, a month or week, <laughs> and it's just like you, that it's like kind of core to like your process or your site or whatever. Then, you know, mm -hmm. like without even the extras, maybe, right, the renewal rate might be higher just based on the fact that like, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, saving time and like maybe it'll keep working if I don't renew, but I'd much rather make sure it does because, hey, it saves me a lot of time and stuff. So, um, but yeah, that's true. That's tough. That's almost, I guess, if you don't have a plugin and then you're thinking of what plugin to do, like, you know, is there an ongoing value to your plugin uh, before you even start creating it so that you have the best shot of getting good customers for for life kind of thing so yeah Absolutely. any other thoughts on that or i mean that was a lot of good tips i think <laughs> hopefully hopefully that helped <laughs> a lot of good tricks <laughs> and treats <laughs> yeah that's funny yeah how do we trick customers to renewing you know <laughs> but not using the plan yeah. <laughs> they they've said they hate it and they've asked to cancel but we don't i mean uh, <laughs> gotcha. <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we probably shouldn't do that at all. <laughs> Very cool. Good. Um, so yeah, like uh like I said in the chat, uh if you haven't already, feel free to ask a question by hitting that ask a question and uh vote on questions as well. And we'll uh we'll try and get to as many as we can. So another one's from uh Justin, who I met a couple of years ago actually where Camp US. Uh he was saying uh, I started selling a plugin last year with auto renewals turned on. I got a lot of uh, bad feedback from customers that wanted me to immediately cancel their order uh, so it wouldn't renew. I ended up turning it off. So I guess now it doesn't have auto renewals. Um, you know, do you have any recommendations on how to sell these renewals so it isn't scary uh, kind of situation? I'm curious if um, like the auto renewals turned on a lot of bad feedback. I'm wondering if the feedback was like at renewal time or was it like for purchase? Like at the beginning, they're like, oh, no, there's automatic renewals. And then they they want to not mm -hmm. buy at all or, or cancel right away. I'm curious, Justin, if you're here uh, to, to answer that. But yeah, any any thoughts on that? I've got a few for sure because I added it on mine by a year and a, almost two years now, wow, actually. Um, but I was definitely hesitant because mm -hmm. I was scared that everyone would hate it and sales would go way down and everything else. So, um, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about uh, that, Matt? Well, it seems like there's a a pretty widespread dislike of auto renewals in the WordPress space. And I'm curious if that's because uh, this specific plugin wasn't something that people would think of as being recurring. Like if it was an import type um, plugin that you use once and someone sees that it's recurring and they get, they get upset. Um, I'm curious if it was because of a concrete reason like that, or if it was just more so people don't like subscriptions. And I think there's cases, um, where people have had good results adding auto renewals in. I mean, you could probably speak to that. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm curious, curious what the trigger was, if it was happening at the beginning. Yeah, because I'm wondering, is it like that it wasn't clear that it wasn't auto renew and then they buy and then they go, oh, what auto renewal subscription yeah. slash per year, you know, thing, and then they freak out or was it just uh, they didn't, or was it, yeah, at the end where 
they see the auto renewal and, and go from mm-hmm. there. But um, yeah, I'm curious about that. There's been a longstanding tradition of like not having automatic renewals, I guess, in the WordPress space. Like too many years, it, it was the case where like the s- status quo is manual renewals but that there were like real reasons for that like year in the early days it wasn't possible or at least easy to enable this and for too many years it was just this is how it worked and a lot of customers who've been using wordpress for a while got accustomed to it being that way so uh automatic renewals have been growing in popularity over recent years, but it's it's still been this adjustment period where customers are beginning to get used nice. to it. Uh, but the majority of us who have rolled it out and after some tweaks and getting our communication right have benefited tremendously from Has it. there been a increase in manual renewals versus one-time purchases? I wonder if that's contributed, like for, let's say for an import plugin that you would use once, has there been a trend in people making it so that you can only use it for a certain amount of time instead of paying once and getting lifetime access, even if it doesn't auto renew. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I don't, uh, I haven't had, you know, I like how to experience it. It's more that common to see specifically. Uh, plugins that are billed for a, a set term or plugins that you just get access to and keep access. Cause I know that's how it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like lifetime. And then people realize that, Oh wait, <laughs> I need to support this for 10 years. And yeah. They, they haven't paid in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. This is really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lifetime licenses were popular yeah. like 10 years ago, uh, or but now not, oh, actually, not quite as much because most of us have kind of caught on that we want to run sustainable businesses. I wish uh, Syed was here because uh, he just they just bought, uh, was it Awesome Motive? Uh, just bought the, um, uh, wow, why can't I remember? Ultimate Coming Soon Pro uh, plugin. Yeah. Yeah. Seed Seed broad. Broad, so, yeah, right. um, and yeah, and right away they like, he offered like a, you know, I didn't want to do this, but say I convinced me, you know, lifetime license, like for whatever by now, I'm just like, Whoa, you know, like I, that was unexpected. Cause I thought like side of all people would be like, Whoa, this is a terrible idea, but I think it's they're, they're, doing, they're doing it based <laughs> on volume. Um, and they have, you know, the other right. plugins to support each other. And yeah, I'm sure they've done the math, <laughs> like, you know, support number of support requests and everything else. No, yeah. At, at this point, those of us who've been running for a little while have a lot of data on you know the customer lifetime and we know on average how long a customer is going to continue using the product how long their site's going to be running and they'll continue renewing and we offer a lifetime license for a couple of our products at this time but but, uh that math Mm -hmm. was done very carefully um yeah so it yeah. can work. It and can nice work. related. Uh, so Peter and Michelle were talking about the emails that go out, right? And whether uh, whether we should be doing uh, emails or, you know, sending a renewal reminder or notice, uh, you know, a month out or a couple weeks out or multiple emails. Um, Madam, curious your, your thought on that. Uh, and maybe we can go through what we do, <laughs> what we've heard other people do. I think it's good. You know, if, if yeah. someone doesn't want to stay a customer, then um, it's better to have them cancel before you build them three more times than they were expecting and they, you know, ask for refunds and increase support load or dispute it. So, um, yeah. Interesting. I thought, I, th- I thought I had heard that someone, maybe not you at Trendbreast have been like, Oh yeah, no, turn them off or have them turned off because it's just whatever. So uh, what we say to turn off are the pre-dunning emails. So, right. um, pre-dunning emails are your cards going to expire in, you know, 
two weeks, four weeks, three days. And Go people on. usually send three plus of them. My card's expiring right now. So my inbox is filling up and I'm emailing everyone <laughs> saying, don't send these. Stop it. Um, but what changed with that is if you're using a modern payment processor like Stripe or Braintree, they have something called account updater or card updater on in your account. And it continually gets better. A few years ago, it was already at 70% effectiveness against expirations. Uh, especially in the U.S. and with other countries, the the uh, the quality of it's increasing. So what that means is if you send out 100 emails to people saying their cards are going to expire, 70 of those people weren't going to have a payment problem. So if you're going to email people about your product and how amazing it is, that's great to do. But we think that you shouldn't email customers about payment problems that tell them they have to go update their card if it doesn't exist. Um, it. When those people do go on to have a failed payment, you're going to email them anyways. So there's really just no point in spamming them ahead of time. Right. Especially but, when, like you said, 70% of the time there, yeah. it's not going to even be an issue by the time. But especially with annual renewals, emailing before it happens is a great idea. Right. Hmm. Uh, Kyle, your thoughts? Yeah. Any, any problems that we've ever had with this uh we've always worked to solve with better communication um it is important to uh, make it crystal clear to the customer pre-purchase that this renews annually uh, that can solve a lot of problems uh, they should always go into it with the, at, that expectation so like on the sales page on the checkout page build annually or build monthly whatever your model is customers should know that that should be spelled out in their receipt that uh, they receive it says you know the next time you'll be charged is and uh, they should you know probably get um, you know like you're going to be charged again uh, like warning emails before before that comes through but I've I've heard like varied experiences from other businesses like ours having success with like more or less communication or different types uh, but we we have decided and found like it's pretty effective for us to tell customers a little bit before the renewal that it's coming and maybe something after I don't remember. But like frequent communication, make it crystal clear. That's important. But even Michelle in the comments is pointing out that like <laughs> even when they send three emails, they'll still get customers saying, I had no idea this charge was coming. You'll never be able to like really beat it 100 percent. But. Uh, I, I would say, Justin, like really review your communication. Is there a chance that your customers just didn't realize pre-purchase? Yeah, that they were doing that. Um, so yeah, mine's, I've had a ton of before I even enabled automatic renewals, like a ton of like, okay, do we send emails? How many? When? Like, do you not at all? Uh, the article I just linked in the chat uh, that James Laws of Ninja Forms wrote um, was what he thought was happening with his plugin. He thought like, oh, we're sending emails at this time and whatever, and then found out they weren't being sent. <laughs> no emails were sent. They did make it so clear though <laughs> at the beginning that, you know, this is going to renew and whatever. Um, but yeah, he realized that uh, emails weren't being turned out or sent out, uh, wasn't really getting much pushback at all. And so he just said, I'm just going to leave him off. <laughs> so he doesn't send renewal reminders. Um, I don't on mine based on that and speaking with other people as well. Again, make it clear though, uh, during, and make it very easy, like in your account, subscriptions cancel, two seconds, it's canceled. Um, but, and, and spell it on the terms and conditions on the checkout page as well. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I don't send emails. Beaver Builder doesn't either. I think a couple of months ago, I'm just like, oh, I got charged for that. That's cool. Um, and I think it depends on the product. Uh, you know, if you're not using it and and that happens, that's a problem. Uh, the amount, the cost. I mean, if it was like a $500 auto renew versus like 20 bucks, much much more anger <laughs> if that happens. Right. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and definitely no pre-done emails that get sent out uh, as well. So that's what I've been doing. I've got a very, very small handful of, of people who have just been like, hey, can I get a refund? I'm like, yep, sure. Even though in the terms and conditions, you shouldn't get one, no problem. You know, like I'm not, I don't want people being angry <laughs> at all. Um, but, I, but I found it yeah. was, uh, quite well. So, um, but. We had a really healthy debate about this specifically a year or better warn the customer about the upcoming charge and accept that more can more subscriptions will get canceled or don't warn the customer and accept that more refunds will be requested and i would have to look at the data i think the financial outcome has been pretty comparable like it, it wasn't overwhelmingly one way or the other but we've tried both uh, but the, what tipped the scale for us was largely the fact that for a customer to cancel a subscription, that's entirely on them with no interaction from our support team. And it, a refund needs to be processed by our support team. And so that hurts us in two ways. One, we manually have to process it and it takes up our time and away from other tickets. And two, there's a bit of an emotional toll that it takes from people having to just spend their days dealing with a frustrated customer who isn't always very polite when they request I can't say this that refund. I don't cry. And so for those two small reasons, we said, you know what, let's let the customer just do it themselves. Cancel the subscription instead of hmm. request a refund. Interesting. If I keep getting a lot more angry customers, well, I've actually no one's really been angry about it. They've just been like, Hey, I noticed this charge I'm not using anymore. Can you refund? I'm like, sure. You know, and I'm using the EDD uh, uh, Help Scout integration, so I can just click on the thing and quickly go to that payment. You know, takes two seconds. But yeah, there's definitely some crying involved afterwards. I'm like, oh, lost the customer, and then you know, the whole day is ruined after that. So yeah, maybe I should start something else. Right. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, you don't want to do. That. Cool. Good. Well, I hope that helped, uh, Justin. We've got another uh, question or two uh, on you know similar topic and best practices. So. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll get to that as well. So our next one, uh, should there be a yearly renewal discount? Uh, example, 10% off the initial amount. That's from Scott. So that's a good question. Uh, I used to, I don't anymore. Uh, that'll happen, I think, in March. So since March, there's been no you know, discount on renewal um, you know, for new customers. So starting in March, yeah, then we'll see if there are more people who are angry when it's a full price renewal. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, what, Matt, what do you think? Yeah. Of, you know, should there be a discount on renewal or not? I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Someone outside of WordPress is like, what's that? It's just a WordPress thing. It's yeah. just a WordPress if thing. If it was like they get this surge of initial yeah. value out of the gate and then that dwindles over time, I would understand. But and within SaaS, it's common to discount yearly compared to monthly, but I've never heard about decreasing it over time. Ideally, your product adds more value over time. Yep. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. And Michelle said the same, like Michelle and Michelle in the, in the comments says, is your product worth 10% yeah. less in year two? Which sums it out very well. No, uh, discounts on renewal are, yeah. are dumb. 
let that trend <laughs> die. Uh, so that's all I have to say about it. Don't do them. Yeah, I think it was the the thought of, oh, well, the customer, you know, I'm not really adding updates. So I feel like I'm not adding value. And, you know, and then they, they're already <laughs> using it. So they don't need support. So whatever. I'll just give them a discount to make sure I get something. I'm like, no. Like, like you said, if they're still using it and they're still getting value from it and they want to make sure it keeps working, then, yeah. But I did. Mm-hmm. That definitely took another year and a half <laughs> to not do. Because, yeah. <laughs> again, I thought, oh, no, everyone's going to blow up. But no, it, I haven't seen this uh, at all uh, decrease in conversion rate. So. I think all of us, if we're experiencing customers not renew, we should work harder on adding value and not just cutting the price. That's the wrong avenue to take to get them to renew. Yeah. And oh, we've, uh, seen, but, okay, we've seen customers who come in um, for a discount be either more work or stick around less often. Like if, if the one thing they care about is price, then it's not getting off to a great start. Yep. Someone in the chat did say, and who's questionable answer Nesk is like, as a customer for me, discounts do work. We're not saying you're a terrible customer. I'm sure you're a great customer. <laughs> <laughs> you're the, you're the yeah, exception. I'm sure. Here's the trend that, yeah, if people are very price conscious, the chances are, um, yeah, they might not be the the best of customers uh, for your for their lifetime <laughs> with your product. <laughs> but not always. <laughs> cool. So I hope that helped, uh, Scott. And you will take off your any discount you may have <laughs> with, with uh, your thing. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. So let's see. Um, okay. So next one. Uh, so automatic license renewal subscription. Um, are they always the best practice or should a single license expiry notification providing the option to manually renew the license before expiry more effective? So I guess this is more around, yeah. Is it is it more effective? And I think we all hopefully know the answer uh, to renew automatically or is it better for them to go in, log in, renew manually? I think, I think mm. we know the answer. <laughs> it's like the more you say the question the more it's like yeah is what's what is yeah. less work for the customer i guess exactly yeah i'm team automatic renewal uh no doubt about it yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if yep. it's a one-time product then it's a one-time thing but if it's the kind of thing where they get on ongoing value then um what's holding you back from doing it's probably anxiety about the value they're getting. And uh, that might be a sign that it's, you're not ready to do it yet. Um, but it can be a good forcing function to build the way you want to bill or increase your prices or not discount and then make the product get to the point where, you know, people will go for it. So early, early on when we took over Turnbuster, the first thing we did was I think we three or four X prices and it put us way ahead of competition um, but it also set our sights towards doing things that were going to work for larger companies who would pay it um, and set our sights on differentiating from what other people offered, which was a great place to to start going into a, a crowded space. So nice. I would set pricing and then see how much pushback you get. And it's probably less than you think you'll get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, um, I know it's not specific to this, but yeah, having a higher price, again, breeds better customers which is kind of an in better and more revenue typically, right? Like, um, yeah, the ones who are willing to pay it are, are likely going to be the, the better customers uh, mm-hmm. versus the ones that are, you know, seeing what you offer and what someone else maybe offers and just going for the lowest one. Um, yeah, it doesn't really mm-hmm. work very well. But yeah, and if you are nervous about obvious, uh, automatic renewals, 
again, just send multiple reminders if you want, or uh, you know, an easy way to cancel, and uh, which you should do anyway. Um, and then that way, yeah, even if you're not sure about the value, then whatever, you're still giving that option as the default. And for many articles uh, in the WordPress space, it goes from what, 16, 17% renewal rate manually versus like 80 <laughs> automatic. I mean, it's it's a night and day, <laughs> you know, like difference between renewal rates. And I've definitely seen that in the last year. So, um, yeah. Yep. So we, it's huge. It's huge. I can conceive of businesses that would be on the fence for this, not plug-in businesses, but I can conceive of other types of products where they would debate whether it is wiser to choose automatically renewing or the kind of thing where instead you follow up with the customer automatically in a year and say, would you like to buy another? Would you like to support us again? Can we help you once more uh, in a year or two or whatever? Um, but not plug-in businesses. I think automatic is the way to go. Well said. Cool. So hope that helps answer that. All right. Uh, so Kyle asks, what is your favorite Halloween candy? <laughs> it's a good break from it's important, guys. It's important, super important guys. matt we're, we're gonna judge you for the rest of the show uh <laughs> based on this answer <laughs> just because I've been eating, it's acceptable it, it's what we happen to have in the house and i've been eating it i don't eat much candy that's <laughs> oh, good i wish i had the oh, two boxes of discount candy i just got which are like you know two boxes of four assorted each <laughs> that are already on uh -oh. discount today like if you go into you know a drugstore today uh everything's christmas already i'm like halloween's not over yet. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> but what's your choice brian uh, what's your choice i don't know i'd say arrow if i can yeah. arrow arrow yeah. what's that because it's just it's chocolate yeah. but it's like it little bubbles inside like arrow bar no do people give that away? Like, <laughs> no, they what? eat it all. It's just, <laughs> don't give it away. It's too good. Okay. What, what about you, Cal? Take fives. That's I like take five. Candy. Yeah, what's the take five? I don't know what a take five is. Me either. <laughs> it's like, it's got everything that's good in it. It's like a chocolate with like a pretzel and caramel and peanut butter, I think, all at once. It's like it's a amazing. candy that doesn't know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, <it's just> trying <laughs> to satisfy everyone. It's, hey, you don't like chocolate? Don't worry, just get past that and you'll get to the pretzel and the caramel. <laughs> what? It's everything all the other candies want to be. Uh, and more. That, the runner-up would be Sour Patch Kids. Okay. You know, if you're in that uh, that's what I should have said. <laughs> <laughs> the answer changed. <laughs> I saw uh, spicy Sour Patch Kids the other day. What? It seemed like a, a thing they shouldn't have made. That seems weird. Is it still sugary or no? It's just spicy. I don't know. <laughs> but why not? I couldn't bring myself to buy it. Oh, I'm glad I can't eat gelatin. I won't have to experience that. <laughs> or even debate. All right. Well, thank, thank you, Kyle, for that answer. It got a vote. <laughs> so bumped it up. You're both. Cool. All right. So next one. Um, so do you know of a successful plugin that works on monthly renewals? Uh, what kind of plugin can have a monthly renewal system? I think free, uh, it was a freemius did an article on monthly a while ago. And like we mm. kind of went through before because of the fact that they have the code, um, you know, they, it's almost like having that monthly, it's just like a, even sooner a question of like, okay, why, uh, do I need this? Do I still need this plugin or, Oh, can I just like keep the code? You know, does anything bad happen if I just cancel the monthly? Exactly. Um, uh, yeah. Plus, um, 
uh, I didn't think of like, I thought, oh, and monthly is actually the better way to go. You know, monthly is, you know, what all the SaaS companies are doing, but annual is that seems to be what most SaaS companies dream of, right? Because they're getting a year of revenue at right, right up front, right? When the support is highest potentially and everything else. Um, so actually WordPress plugins are kind of sweet where, you know, they are annual and hopefully you're charging enough that, you know, that's what you should be charging for one year of support uh, if that's what you're doing. But yeah, having the annual renewals is almost like a better, better way to go. Um, yeah. So heck yeah, I, I agree. I think too many people hate on the yearly payments uh, a little bit and we talked about this you and i did brian more so. in our pricing model yeah. uh, like yeah, episode that we did earlier this year so that was a more extended discussion about this kind of topic but we covered some of the things like you said that i think um uh customers are highest support in the beginning um and uh for us plug-in businesses you know like they get the code and then we're most of us are not doing something uh, like every single month for the customer that we could like theoretically like justify our existence or this renewal with we may to our plugin like push out several major releases per year for example that might be common but we're not pushing out a major feature release every Me? month who's doing that <laughs> no none of us are yeah <laughs> and so like imagine you had to summarize what you did for a customer every month here's all the tickets of yours that i answered here's all the features i added and bugs i fixed this month most months there wouldn't just be, be a really anything. funny you know like uh, what, what did you do this month oh well I, I took your money again and i think i think that's all i did yeah i just took your money <laughs> so yeah have a good have a good rest of the month do you think that's the case yeah. if you took the annual payment right. and divided it by 12 like if they're if they're paying a smaller amount each month um do you think they'd still have that aversion mm, i think it's less than a version more it's just bad for us like in yeah. terms of you know that they're paying six dollars a month right. instead of 40 a year or whatever yeah. it is right like, i guess it, it depends um, how high your annual payments are um right but i know for us like we like getting annual payments, but it's a big hurdle to get it. So we, in the past, when we knew product wasn't quite to where it should be, we didn't even bring it up or, or really try. Now we show it on our pricing page, but I don't think anyone's ever chosen annual because they sign up, they vet it. Um, but if we yeah. follow up a couple weeks after, after we know that they've gotten set up, then there's a higher chance of them doing it and we're happy to have it. But I wonder for plugin model, um, you know, are you giving up higher sign up volume because of the higher initial price. And if it's under a hundred bucks for the year, then probably not. And the small payments have higher fees and there's downsides, but um, you know, I know for us, it's a nice progression that people go through and the bar to sign up. Uh, most of our average is probably 200 a month that people pay because we work with some larger accounts. So to pay 2000 out of the gate without any trust or like, um, you know, understanding of what we do differently would be a, a really hard sell versus um, 200. 200. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's totally true. Keith in the comments made a good point too, that the number of transactions can matter because if you're, if your payment processor is adding a fee to every transaction, then fewer transactions is a little bit better for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd uh, be financially. 30 cents per. 
and you're doing 12 a year, right? That's like four bucks. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a lot like at our, at our level, especially. Right. So yeah, that mm-hmm. is a very, very good point. Yeah. And if your customers so. don't stay for more than a year, then if that makes annual more attractive for you as the business yeah. owner. Um, yeah. but if they do, then it's a trade off or you could always make your monthly plans more expensive to factor that in. I think you, I think the part of right. the, the article I forgot to mention was that if you're doing monthly, you need to do what we said most don't do is cut the service. Um, so if it's like a, a plugin that integrates with a SaaS, you know, like you've got a backend component uh, that they would lose access to, then great. Then maybe monthly will work for you. But if it's like a traditional plugin where all the codes in the plugin and uh, when the license expires or you, before you put in a license key, everything works. Yeah, monthly is doesn't work very well, and I've done it. <laughs> like, there's been a couple plugins where I'm just like, I know this is never going to change. <laughs> like, I don't need to keep paying monthly. <laughs> so great, I got a plugin. <laughs> so when you do a plugin, the customer has all the code. Let's say you were to build in some kind of a lockout when their pay, their payment failed. Um, yeah. Is it is the worry of them going in and editing the code backed up by what people actually do? Like, is it, is it a pretty common thing for a developer to see that? Like, I'm going to hack around this license key. <laughs> or do they not actually spend their time doing it? They probably don't. No. I mean, I think it's just, that, like Kyle said, it's just traditional. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's what most plugins do and don't do. And like I said, for mine, I, I don't want, like, a temporary communication issue between the plugin, yeah. like their server, which I don't fully control, and the license server, like my website. Um any temporary thing to like deactivate the functionality and cause a lot yeah. of issues. Um, so because yeah, we, of that, we run a background service too. And like, we're very, even when a payment fails, we're very hesitant to do anything that would stop the emails or that would take down the pages that people click to. Even, even when we right. delete an account, we mm-hmm. urge people to leave the account active, not paying for, you know, one to two weeks so that the links that we've already emailed out for people to click continue to work for people that were emailed mm-hmm. today. Um, right. So yep. depending on if it's like an app that people log into, you can just lock them out. Or if it's a background service, it, there's definitely complications. Yeah, exactly. Cool. I hope that helped yeah. uh, answer that question. All right. Moving on. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Oh, <laughs> We're covering a lot of ground this today. Is going really well. So thank you everyone for the questions and obviously keep asking them. We got another 15-ish minutes. So Michelle asks, can you develop a plugin that shows all renewals on their dashboard home screen? So what? All Michelle should be still here. Uh, all the renewals, like like they're pending, like, hey, in eight months, this plugin comes due, and like in seven months, this one's due. Mm. Uh, so there'll be no surprises, right? So yeah, I mean, mm. a, a plugin can definitely add a dashboard right. widget that says how long their license expires and stuff. Uh, if, if needed, yeah. Or emails, I guess. Um, yeah. You could do that for your own, certainly. I don't know that it would be, like, possible to, like, create one plugin that does it for, like, everything the site might be running. Because everybody does it a different way. And also, that information not be, may not be available on the site. It may be, like, remote to the store where the plugins were purchased from. It sounds like a technically difficult task to create for one that worked well, though your idea, serious or not, sounds like a really fun one, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, a bit tongue-in-cheek, but not bad to add it to. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did realize it was a joke. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could show in-app notifications or like notices or warnings or something to your users that says, you know, hey, just so you know, your license is going to expire soon. That, that could be done better by a lot of us. Definitely. Yeah, so a lot, yeah, a lot of users never log into their site too, which is, I guess, why email is kind of the default. Hopefully, if they log into their email at some point to get the notice that their plugin's going to expire. <laughs> if not, I guess you could call them, which Michelle yeah. does actually for new customers. I think still, <laughs> like any new customers will get a call. Hey, we do. So there you go. That's uh, yeah, right. <laughs> That's impressive. These are some of the most most frustrating little uh, ongoing projects that plugins can be really handy for we use something called accountdoc.com and the first couple of years we worked on it when someone asked if we could email them an invoice or automatically email them an invoice we just dreaded it and we'd, we'd have a recurring calendar appointment where one of us would go in and look it up or like create an invoice in a doc file to get our branding into it and it just sucked and once we integrated with them and people could log in and see all their payments set up auto emails on their own was so good it sounds so simple but it it cut out like half our support yeah which is exciting <laughs> so you can get back to more valuable activities yeah. <laughs> and doing monotonous tasks over and over again <laughs> good all right so thank you michelle for the tongue-in-cheek question we appreciate it <laughs> um all right so scott asks uh i've been thinking about allowing customers to get their own refunds uh, by logging in and pressing a button without going through support. Uh, he uses uh, easy digital downloads as well. So yeah, any any thoughts on this? So allowing a customer to, I guess they've already gotten a renewal to to refund themselves. <clears throat> if So it's almost like, mm -hmm. almost be like a middle uh, middle ground-ish, I guess, right? If you're going to give a, renew, a refund anyway, um, and you're not going to send emails then i guess you could send a link to refund but if you're going to do that then yeah. maybe you just send emails ahead of time and let them customers can cancel their subscriptions on their own without any interaction from yep. us but in order to get a refund they have to request it and we have to favorably respond to that request but allowing them to get a refund issued automatically with no uh, interaction? I guess I would ask why do you want to enable that? Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Is it because you're not sending emails ahead of time or obviously like you, you said, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of time uh, when you get a refund request. Are like too many people asking for refunds? Like so many that like I can't handle this many refund <laughs> it's, requests. It's about Thirty seconds for me to do a refund. So it's yeah, how many? <laughs> hundreds a day. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if they were yeah. uh, annual uh, recurring payments, and it's January fifteenth, they make the payment. January twentieth, they say, "Hey, I didn't want that. Can you cancel it and refund?" Um, but you could solve that with proration or. Uh, just auto refunding the last payment if it's if it's within a certain time period but having a refund button for any of their payments seems like it could be uh not great it's rare that we have a, a trouble customer but we've definitely had only one so far who would have gone wild with that if they had the option and we, we <laughs> refunded like 
five or six payments to, to try to make him happy. And there was no making him happy. So Jeez. some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I think there's an argument to be made for encouraging, in some cases, encouraging interaction with your support team sometimes because we've saved a lot of customers who just, uh, they were thinking they wanted a refund, but after touching base with our support, discovered, oh, no, actually, I don't want a refund after all. I want to downgrade my license or I want to use this other product or you solved my technical problem. I didn't know. Uh, I thought it was just broken and now I'm going to renew. So sometimes you want to initiate those conversations to work issues out with customers uh, as opposed to just, you know, letting them go uh, with no, mm-hmm. with no touch. Yeah, it's true. A lot of times that's some of the best uh, feature requests I've gotten. Like even if it's not something that I can add right away, they can be like, oh, I expected it to do this. So, okay, I've got to go back to my, you know, copy on, on the plugin homepage and actually say like, it doesn't do that. Or it does this thing that you thought it did in a different way or something. Or it's like, oh yeah, that's a feature I can add here. Here you go. Does that work? Yep. I'm good. You know, right. So like you said, saving uh, them yeah. as a customer because now they, they can use the product in the way they want it. And that's probably a feature if it's one that I thought was good that a bunch of other people will appreciate as well. Right. So um, yeah, you wouldn't get that. Yeah. One. There were some good there were some good comments in the thread yeah. right now. And I think in summary, like what I like best from the discussion would be the idea of allowing customers to have maybe a, um, maybe a shortcut of some sort, like in the context of viewing their payment record, like a request, a refund mm-hmm. link or button when the payment still qualifies for a refund, like it's within your, 30 day refund window. And then maybe that link disappears after that time period. In either case, maybe it it uh, just kicks off an email to support for them to review and ask what, why do you, uh, you know, did the product not work for you and all that kind of stuff that you want to know. Um, but you can uh, send a message that way uh, to a customer that like this payment is still in the window and qualifies for a refund and this other one does not. Yeah, it gives you that chance to have that interaction. So, yeah, but like uh, Peter said and, and Matt as well, yeah, if, if you are going to do it, I guess set a time limit <laughs> so they can't go back, uh, you know, two years <laughs> and try and do a refund, which probably won't even work, yeah. actually. <laughs> I think PayPal is, what, 90 days or 180 days or something, like max. So, yeah, there has to be some kind of time limit there. But, right. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was a good uh, question. And, yeah, sounds like more interaction versus them uh, – being able to click and actually get a refund because it is affecting your like a payment that's been made versus canceling a subscription before a payment's been made. You probably don't want them to do it. Right. What if you miss out on opportunities to learn about a flaw in your product, which is causing customers to request a refund? You need to know about that urgently. That would be sad. <laughs> which actually I just yeah. added to the free version of one of the plugins, the wisdom plugins. So it's a plugin for your plugin to get information about your plugin. It's very meta. <laughs> but then it just, it sends data uh, to uh, very similar to freemius insights. Uh, so you can get a little more feedback when they deactivate your plugin as to why, um, which is nice. Uh, but that's more for the free version. Cause yeah, deactivating doesn't issue a refund. So chances are they're going to email you if they want their money back. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> for the pro, which is good. <laughs> cool. So thank you very much for that. Um, there we go. Oh, uh, number of activation. Uh, okay. So yeah, might be a little off topic in terms of uh, uh, churn, but yeah, is it uh, you know how useful is unlimited usage license option versus limited number of activations? Um, so yeah, so that's a, not a not a lifetime license, but a um, and this this again is kind of I think we discussed this as well in the pricing and pricing models because obviously a very common pricing model is to in super common in WordPress is the number of sites. So this price for one site, this price for up to five, this one for up to twenty five, this one for unlimited maybe or a hundred or two hundred or some big bulk thing. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't I don't know if that would really affect churn as much right because yeah unlimited versus limited like your payment model or your payment frequency would still be a year right so yeah but any, mm -hmm. any thoughts on yeah unlimited usage license versus number of you know limited number of activations oh. i was surprised to find when i first started selling plugins that i thought i like unlimited just sounds so scary from my perspective, like no way. Uh, so I'll just make it like 25 site limit or yep. just some big number and pushback was immediate and consistent. Okay. I think customers were like, no, uh, I want an unlimited license. <laughs> they, they totally know that they're only going to use them <laughs> on like four sites. But was that because they had more that's absolutely true. Or, uh, <laughs> they just thought they would. No, no. There's there's like almost no cases of customers like activating their license key on more than 25 sites. That's extremely rare. Uh, but everybody insisted on there being an unlimited. So we just made the top one called unlimited and moved on. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I, I <laughs> charging enough for um, something that's done yeah. in the SaaS world. If you're not familiar, is uh, like Slack charges per user. So it seems like it would get expensive, but there's definitely companies paying them hundreds of thousands or millions a year because they have teams that big. And for their company, that's an acceptable expense. And had they had an unlimited plan, they would have not oh, run the way they did. Um, they'd be done. <laughs> another thing you could do is if you have a baseline that you want to hit yeah. of um, you know, $200 a year for the plugin, you could cap that at 10 sites and then have a per site price after that. That drops down to $10 a year or $10 a month. So um, then you still capture it if an agency right. comes around or you know, someone who's going to make use of it. Um, but for most people, it's a plan that works fine. That's not overcomplicated. Like I forget what exactly the extension is called, but I've got the EDD where you can have um, a dropdown, right? So I've got on the pricing page, I've got uh, one, five, I think 25. Uh, but then when you actually go to purchase, you could switch to, you know, either one of those or like a hundred, like 50, a hundred, 200, right? Like these options and the odd person will grab that. And then also you can log in and upgrade from there. So it's not like a per site one, um, but like a bundle, I guess, of, of pricing, but, uh, some will also block features as well. Like, Oh, you need to like you know, five site or pro licensed uh, to be able to get this feature, which, you know, is, is pretty common as mm -hmm. well, uh, or what I've seen, as long as it's not super confusing, right? Like this massive table of a bunch of checkboxes and they're like, oh, I need this one, but not this one. So what one do I need in there? Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. 
it's easy for a lot of us in WordPress plugin land to envy SaaS companies. And there are a lot of legitimate reasons why we often do. But if there is one that I envy the most, it's the ability to have everything open and available when it comes to your pricing, like usage based pricing becomes an option. Like you could limit the, the basic plan. You can only have 20 transactions per month or 20 users, or you can only author uh, 10 posts, or you can only upload this many files, or they can only be this big or these types of files. You, like you have all of that is available. Like every feature can be uh, customized and applied into the pricing model. But with WordPress plugins, <laughs> we got nothing. We can just say the number of site activations. That's that's like all we've got, unless we hook it up to some sort of a SaaS offering. And that well, yeah. is... <laughs> but I, I do have a thing where it's like, oh, if it's <laughs> not this number of license or this level, then this feature doesn't show and stuff. So, I mean, it, it's possible uh, to do, but, um, but yeah, a lot, a lot don't. Or you could shift it over to... Uh, a SaaS, which I thought about on one of the plugins, but uh, the work to do that, <laughs> like moving all the, like a lot of the functionality over, like, you know, the, the generation of a feed, for example, or interacting with the API. Um, I prefer to, yeah, just like, yeah, I just haven't done it. <laughs> so I'm like, it's, it's a, a big change uh, to do. Yeah, SaaS definitely has a good there, but we have unlimited our, uh, yearly licenses. So take that SaaS. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to give uh, right. you know, show monthly right. progress and monthly updates, like you were saying. Right. <laughs> you should do that one. Push right? Like, right. Yeah. okay, this month we've we've just, you know, this is how much money we made. <laughs> like, wait, should we, is that a value? <laughs> no. <That's weird>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we're still right. Make sure you just keep paying us so we can keep updating you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Any, uh, so we're just about done. Any, um, I guess, closing thoughts on the topic of churn and how we can mitigate it? Yeah, I'd love to hear maybe more from Matt if you want to close us out with some of your favorite tips. I mean, churn is, is yeah. your thing. And uh, we didn't have too many questions that specifically to apply to like failed payments and, and just busting churn okay. and what you're proficient in. Maybe you can just hit us with like some of your top lessons while we've got we'll, a couple minutes I'll, left. I'll touch on a few of the things that people get wrong. How about that? Yep. So one of them was pre-dunning, um, spamming customers before there's actually a problem. Um, I would say up there on the list is triggering phishing concerns. So if my subscription to EDD comes up and I get an email that is sent from, uh, say, Stripe.com or, you know, another tool that you use or the link in the email points to a different website, people's radar is already up when they get an email telling them to update their card. So make sure that whatever you're using, uh, whether it's in-house or another tool is set up so that it actually comes from your domain and it actually links to your domain. Um, another thing people get wrong is they, they, uh, have every email look the same, come from the same person. And usually it's sent from a support or a no reply at email address because they can't route replies somewhere else. So our default campaign, when you sign up sends five emails, four of them can have HTML templates and be designed. They can come from different people on your team. The third email, we usually send plain text. 
and it'll come from the founder or the head of customer success. And it feels like they've actually gotten a personal note from someone who actually cares. Um, so the key to being able to do that is that you can route your replies to the support team, even though it looks like it's coming from someone else on your team. Um, going beyond that, I would say that companies just don't have enough control or visibility into what's happening. So they're, they're using a tool like EDD or Recharge or MemberPress that lets you send out you know, emails when a payment fails, but you can't control the schedule. You can't do retries without emailing. Um, and you can't see a deep view into who's currently past due and the past cohorts of who's been recovered, if you're improving or not, and being able to test different things at the same time to see if sending seven emails over 40 days is more effective than sending four over 15. Um, usually companies can't do that because emails go out when retries fail and you can't have any control to break that link. Um, one example of where it can be handy to break the link is we don't send email for the first three to five days after a charge fails because we can recover over 20% of payments in those first few days without emailing anybody. So if you have 100 customers fail payment, 20 of those customers won't hear from us, whereas if you had automatic emails turned on, they would. Um, so I'd say those are, those are the common ways. You know, People either use a basic tool or they build something in-house. They wire it up to Stripe webhooks or Braintree webhooks. And um, it works up until say five to twenty thousand in revenue, depending on your price points. But as you grow beyond that, it starts to make sense to optimize because every customer that you keep that you wouldn't have otherwise kept pays you the next month and the next month and the next month. So with it being compounding, it's a worthwhile area to focus on and to monitor and improve, just like you would with the marketing of your plugin. Um, and then one other thing, we have a webinar coming up. I'll put a link in the show notes for the top three ways to reduce churn on November 13th. And that'll go into you know more in depth into the tactics and, and how companies get it wrong and how you can get it right if you build on your own. Or if you wanted to use Churn Buster, it'll give you a better idea of you know what the dashboard looks like, what you can change, how you can track it. Very cool. Yes, nice. and I actually I use Churnbuster on my uh, plugins, and it's been working great for the Stripe-based uh, customers. So, um, yeah, thank you for all the help uh, setting that up. And uh, well, actually, it wasn't that much work to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I like, oh yeah, it took like ten years. No, never mind. So, yeah, quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very quick. And like you said, it comes like if they get an email, it you know, it's set up so that it comes from my email address. Uh link goes to my website. So yeah, it's not a, it's not this foreign thing uh, that they get. So that helps. Yeah. Whatever tool you use. <clears throat> Good stuff. Well, thank you again, Matt, for being on the show and sharing your thoughts. And uh Kyle, as always, keep buzzing around the I don't know, I was trying to think of something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just dying for the sand. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had to drop that. Yep. Uh, yeah. Again, uh, thank you, everyone. And this will be, uh, you know, there you find this and other episodes over at sellingplugins.com slash podcast. And um, yeah, you can uh, check out all the discussions we have. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Cool. Take Thanks, care, everyone. everyone. Cheers. Thanks, guys.